At some point today, I'm sure you're going to look at yourself in the mirror. You're going to catch a reflection off of some window that you're passing by. And if you can even bear it to look at yourself in the eyes, I wonder who you're going to see. Are you going to see an authentic, brave, confident, and disciplined man? If the answer is no, then my guest today is extending an invitation for you to finally become the man that you were created to be, for you to become a king. Gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Becoming Men podcast brought to you by TheBecomingMen.com. I am your host, Ray De La Nuez, and this is still the podcast for men on their masculine journey. Today, I'm joined by Johnny King, the host of the Becoming Kings podcast, and we talk about what it is that keeps men from being the men that they were created to be, from reaching their greatest potential, and how you can get on the right path to becoming a king in your life so that you can start looking at yourself in the mirror and start feeling proud of who you see as that authentic, brave, bold, disciplined, and resilient man. By the way, if you want to reach me, make sure you connect with me on Instagram at Ray De La Nuez. All those links are going to be down below in the show notes. Also, make sure you head over to thebecomingmen.com and get signed up to our newsletter because there is going to be some information coming out here soon about a men's mastermind, a group of men who are going to be coming together for weekly calls and becoming the men that God created them to be together. But that's it. I can't say anymore. I've already said too much. If you want to know more, make sure you head over there to thebecomingmen.com. Com. So guys, without further ado, this week's guest, Mr. Johnny King. Good to be here, man. Good to, to finally connect for sure. Brother, you have a podcast that is killer, right? Because it, it identifies two things that is entirely manly. And that is the term becoming and the term king or kings. Um, I want, before we get to, you know, the essence of your podcast and what you're doing, I want to ask you, man, um, if you were to talk to your, let's say your 20 something year old self for about a minute, right. And you were to give him the best advice that would get him on the right path to becoming a King, what would you say? Man, I would say that, I mean, from my twenties, the, probably the biggest thing that, well, I had a lot of things happen in my twenties, but I'd say it, it, it all comes down to healing my my mother and my father wounds. Like if, if I would just have known what I know now about facing my trauma, like the trauma, quote unquote, the trauma of my past and my childhood. Yeah. Uh, I certainly could have, I'd be in a different place than I am now. Um, just in the sense I'd, I'd be further along, you know, okay. but, um, yeah, I would say, man, heal, 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 heal all the, all the areas of, uh, of myself, of oneself that you could focus on. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, any incongruencies or if you find yourself really like feeling desperate for significance and, and things that you're doing, um, that's, that's where I would have spent a lot more time in my twenties had I known what I know now. Wow. Wow. As you said that, man, that sits, that sat so heavy, that desperateness for significance. I, I think you're talking to like 95% of men today. Because if, if we're honest, we are right now in an era where like we don't hunt for our own food. We don't like build our own, you know, homes. We don't even fix our own plumbing. And so we're kind of like aimlessly walking around going from to and from work, which like, hey, I would never uh, devalue anybody's work. Um, but we get into this routine that is desperate for something significant. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I think it still it still speaks to our underlying, um, need or, or underlying question of, you know, are, are each of us 
are we enough? You know, mm-hmm. can we be loved? Will we be loved for who we are? Um, and I think a lot of that is covered up by our ego and our, our, uh, you know, masks that we wear as men. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. So actually, why don't we uh, peel back the onion a little bit and let's hear some of the masks that you put on, um, just from your childhood. Let me hear a little bit of your story. Uh, I, you know, I certainly hid behind, um, being an athlete, you know, certainly hid behind, um, being popular or, or even being an asshole at times to, to people in high school. Um, yeah, yeah. and, and in reality, man, I was so scared of especially guys that I felt like were, um, not even so much the alpha, but I could just tell that they knew who they were at such a young age. I was like, how the hell do they know who they are? Like, man, I, I felt like I was so behind the eight ball and I was just attempting to fake it before I make it, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and so that was a, a big part of it was just, and then I, you know, throughout my twenties, a lot of my thirties too, was like hiding behind, uh, a lot of it was hiding behind women, you know, uh, yeah. sex, you know, became an addiction for a while. And yeah, man, there's, there's a lot of different masks, but I would say one of the bigger ones is shame. Wow. A lot of, a lot of what, uh, I think provoked a lot of my shitty behavior in the past is that, yeah. that, uh, trying, trying to sh- keep the shame down and, and keep from anyone, uh, finding out about it. Yeah. So there's a bunch of guys listening who are, who are wanting to grow, wanting to, to become the men that they were created to be. Yeah. But there is a lot of those retarding forces coming against them. And you mentioned the big one, man, that S word shame yeah. is so big. And I think it has so much power because we don't actually use that term to uh, call out that thing that is going on inside of us. We just kind of mm-hmm. have these voices in our head and we're kind of used to it. It beats our, it's, it just beats us up in the mirror. We look at ourselves in the mirror and we sometimes feel disgusted and it's because of that word, man. Uh, So why don't we like, let's put that on the microscope a little bit and just talk about that a bit. Um, Shame in the masculine heart. Isolation for one, (laughs) Uh, you know, because I feel like, I mean, Brene Brown talks about it, like shame, shame only really breeds and, and, and grows in an environment of extreme isolation and secrecy. So the, the way to, to, you know, instantly start to shrink the guy, you know, blow the guy up. Uh, the, the guy being shame is to admit, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm ashamed of my porn addiction or I'm ashamed of, you know, the, the abortion I had with my ex-girlfriend in high school. I'm making these things up. That's, that's not necessarily right. my, my story, but, uh, certainly I've heard a lot of guys speaking to those things. So right. shame. Uh, and, but I think the thing is we, we cover up the shame with anger and, mm. and, uh, I just would find myself on and off either being the really nice guy, right. The people pleasing yes, man, or I'd be fucking pissed and I'd be so pissed, but I didn't ever want to lose control of myself. Cause that's, you know, that's not what it's I was taught cool. to do. Yeah. yeah. Nor would I ever lose myself. Uh, like I, you know, I grew up watching Michael Jordan and the dude never lost his cool. So it's like on, on sports field, I was always working to get in some, some guy's head and not let him into mine. So I never showed the emotion of course, but then that energy and that effort that it took to repress the anger that was really just covering up the shame, um, led me down a path of like extreme apathy. So wow. I just, I, I just stopped caring. I'd be like, whatever, like, you know, 
so, so my friends would tease me like, Oh, John, Johnny King don't care. You know, I'm like, yeah, I don't like, but then I'd wonder why I felt so numb all the time. And why did I show up numb in my marriage? And, you know, there's a lot of good reasons as to why my relationships haven't worked because I was a shell of a man, but old, again, underneath the apathy was the anger, but really what I was angry, I was just disappointed myself because I was attempting to, to lead this kind of secretive life thinking I had to be someone else because if people really knew about the shit that I was ashamed of, then they wouldn't love me. They wouldn't want to be my friend. And, and so all that stuff would, would slowly like shame and, and anger and all that stuff. It, it leaks, right. Yeah. It finds yeah. this little chicken exit and it comes out with like, you know, passive aggression or really like snarky sarcasm or just actually getting angry and throwing shit, you know, it's like, and that to me is where we see a lot of men who do some horrific things in terms of just like random shootings. And it's like, it gets to a boiling point and we can't keep it anymore. And then it just pops. Yeah. And you don't like you, if you're at the point where you're numb and you're apathetic, you don't give a fuck about anyone then yeah, I'm going to go in and, and shoot people. And like, of course that's not my story, but I can empathize with how men get to that point Yeah, where they, just, they don't care. And they're going to take down as many people as they can because they're so angry. It's easier to, to, to let it out and express it outwardly than to really look inward to see like what really needs healing. And that's why yeah. I say that's, that's a big part of becoming Kings. It's like, man, to become truly powerful, you have to reign, you know, reign over your, inner kingdom, as I call it, like the, it's good. All your mental, emotional faculties, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Actually, this podcast started, uh, with the name rain in life because mm. I felt like every single man needed to get that in him. And, and I mean, it came from uh, a biblical verse. It was uh Romans five seventeen. Yeah. Um, but when, when a man actually understands that he is called to reign in his life. But that yeah. doesn't just happen like at a moment. Like you don't just like turn 18 and now like you reign. Like you right. don't get married and now like you reign over your household. Like all of these things require a path, a process. Um, yeah. And really that would have been outlined for you if you had a dude in your corner, um, which a lot of us, a lot of us don't, right? 100%. Yeah, 100%. I, I want to go back, man, to just paint the picture of something that you said. And I kind of started to, to see it unfold as you were saying it. But like, if you can take a circle and in the middle of that circle is the words, you know, the real you, that is who you really are. You put a ring outside of that circle and then you have secrecy, right? Secrecy that like keeps that real you in there. You put another circle around that and that's the anger, right? Capping mm -hmm. the, that comes from the secrecy, which comes out in the passive aggressiveness or in like mm -hmm. actively being aggressive. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of it all, because all of those things just don't compute, you have to be apathetic mm -hmm. because you can't actually care so much about life and live with those layers living on top of the real you mm -hmm. at a certain point, you have to disconnect. So I, th I think you did mm -hmm. a really good job at explaining that. I appreciate that. Yeah. I think what we need to do then is, you know, identify, okay, so there's the problem. We got this. So now mm -hmm. what, you know, mm -hmm. what is the solution? What is the comma? And then so that mm -hmm. we can start getting better. Mm -hmm. So I want to hear what's, what's some stuff that's worked for you. Again, I, I would say first and foremost, it's, it's acknowledgement. It's just like, you know, it's just like, uh, someone who struggles with alcohol, you know, the first thing they do is like, Hey, I'm an alcoholic. It's just calling yeah. it what it is, you know, um, yeah. and realizing it's not as scary, uh, as you might think it is to say like, you know what, I got this issue. 
you know, whatever that issue is. And I think that's, what's really powerful. And just having honestly stepped into the men's space in the last couple of years, like to have men support men is unlike anything I've ever experienced. You know, it's, it's, it's so unbelievably powerful that because it's like, uh, like when you hear a guy say something, you're like, okay, I feel him. I get it. You know, there's yeah. actually an acceptance yeah. and vulnerability kind of begets more vulnerability, yeah. uh, where you're, you're actually scared of the opposite. But, uh, I do feel like the first and foremost, that step is just acknowledging whatever you got going on in your life. And that starts the healing process, Yeah, you know, because yeah. like I said, it starts to shrink down the shame and you start to realize, Oh, you're not alone. So you can actually start having more, the, the more just personal development and, and coaching that I got, the more, um, accepting and, and forgiving that I have become of myself because I realized I'm not the only one that's quote unquote broken. I don't even like to think of myself as broken, but I don't, I'm not the only one that has these issues. Oh, you know what? Yeah. Almost every single dude has these issues. Yeah. And when we actually have those conversations of kind of like modern mature masculine conversations. We are like, okay, cool. So I got your back. You got my back. We're a lot more similar than we are different. You know, yeah. we're human beings, you know, and let's, let's not get caught up in being human doings and try to that's distract good. ourselves from, uh, from really what's going on below the surface. And that's a big part of, you know, the stuff that I do here in Denver is like getting guys to talk about things other than, what they do for a living or the Broncos or whatever's going on in the world and vaccines, you know, it's like, right. we can certainly talk about that, but really all that stuff is kind of out of our control and in, in large part, like what's really going on in your heart. Yeah. And uh, first and foremost, you got to heal that. So yeah, hopefully that gives you a step and or two. I think that acknowledgement piece, if, if I were to be honest, that was step one. Yeah. If yeah. I could go back, man, when I, when I made this phone call, a frantic phone call, Hey, I need help. My wife just left me. I know you're a complete stranger. I just found your number on the internet and you said that mm -hmm. you're a life coach or a men's <laughs> coach. Uh, please help me out. That yeah. man who I developed a relationship with over the next seven, eight years, um, did a really good job at helping me acknowledge what's going on and say, Hey, this, he wasn't like shoving my face into my junk. He was just like, Hey, you're so close to the label. Cause you're in the jar. You can't actually read it. I'm mm -hmm. external to you. I can actually see this and you know, it doesn't look very good. And then I have to, you know, face myself in the mirror and be like, yeah, this does not yeah. look very good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. And, and I mean, it just goes back to the power in our words, you know, the power that there is in just saying this has happened. You know, mm -hmm. I was treated in this way. I was rejected in this way. I am dealing with this thing. And going back to that Brene, uh, Brene Brown's uh, just quotes and, and, and thoughts about mm -hmm. not saying that you are those things, but you might be dealing with those things or those things might be happening mm -hmm. around you. So it's uh, right. maybe the difference between saying, you know, I'm a porn addict. Sounds like you're being honest with yourself, but like there's also a difference between saying I am a porn addict or I have been struggling with porn, with watching pornography. And you're like, mm -hmm. well, that's just semantics. It's like, no, because in that second sentence, you actually see the real issue. It's not mm -hmm. that you and yourself inside of you are the problem is that external to you. There's a struggle mm -hmm. and you got to identify, it, you got to acknowledge it and you got to deal with it. Mm -hmm. You know, going back to that coaching piece that you had mentioned, 
enough of us have ignored the need for a coach because we say uh, the self-made man is the elevated man in 2021, right? Mm -hmm, If you're not mm -hmm. self-made, like what's the point? But I think we miss an essence in the process of becoming a king. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How do you see that? Again, the ego and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, Eckhart Tolle talks so much about the the ego and the pain body and, you know, just, and I'm just talking to so many different guys, uh, friends of mine who've started to really get into, you know, plant-based medicine healing, you know, yeah. and they talk about like ego deaths, you know, their identity deaths. And it's interesting how it's the, the ego that often is, is, it's always there to keep us safe. Right. Sure. But, but one of the reasons why I worked with women for eight years before I kind of transitioned to working with men is I had a story that working, working with those that have a greater level of ego would be a, a just a, a huge hurdle to try to get through. Right. So yeah. the ego was always something I was kind of turned, turned away from probably cause I struggled with my own relationship to my ego. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea of, I think becoming Kings and, you know, there, there's a reason why it's not becoming a King. The reason why I keep, uh, why I use the word becoming and the, why I use the word Kings as in plural is because becoming again, I, I like the idea because I don't feel like there is ever a destination, you know, there's, yeah. there's not going to be for me a place where I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm now a King, you know? And, and thus I got nothing else to, it's like my health. It, it never ends. Right. Like I'm always going to be working and going to the gym and eating right and doing my thing. Cause that's that the payoff is being able to truly experience life at the peak. And I feel like a big part of, the whole process of becoming is that it never ends. And that's the fun part, quite frankly, Yeah, you know, it's a scary yeah. part at first thinking like, Oh, I'm so overwhelmed. There's so much stuff that I don't even know where to begin. And then when you start to get into it and realize actually how much freedom <laughs> you continue to get and that life just gets sweeter and sweeter with the greater, it's like being in a relationship with, with someone intimate. If you're in the right relationship, it only gets better and better and better. The more we age, you know? Yeah. And then with Kings, it's like, man, I don't want to be a, uh, king of the mountain by myself. Like the best part of that I've experienced being with, with brothers and, and maybe you can, you know, uh, speak to this in terms of being in the military. Like to me, it was always being on, on teams. It's, That's it's, right. uh, the camaraderie of like being and just razzing each other and being, being brothers is like so much fun. I don't want to do oh, it yeah. alone. <clears throat> so oh, I want to, yeah. I want to elevate. I only think I could become a king by elevating other Kings. So I want to be, I feel like there's plenty of room at the top. Wow. If you will. Right. With, yeah. with being Kings together. So that's why I was saying before we even started recording, like, I love that you're doing what you're doing. I love all the guys that are doing what you're doing. Cause man, I, I want to level up with you and have you push me and vice versa. And all, all the guys, that's, I think that's the, the bigger idea and philosophy around becoming Kings. Yeah. <laughs> but get this, get this. When that identity is not correct, when the real you is not identified, when your ego is all jacked up, yeah. you you don't have room to allow anybody on top of that hill with you. Yeah. You it is a cutthroat fight to the death type of scenario inside of yeah. you. Yeah. Because like no, like nobody else can be alongside you or surpass you or anything like that. But when you see mm-hmm. like no, hey, this is my portion of the kingdom, I get just as much joy bringing a lot man, that is that is some crazy maturity. That's all I can and it, with what you said and being in the military, I look at my young NCOs, you know, corporal who just is just got promoted. Um, I hand him his first blood stripe 
And then I watch him a week later, you know, talking to the Marines and teaching them this, teaching them that. You know, I watch him months later completely transform. And I'm like, I get more joy having seen that guy grow, putting myself, making myself less important, right? So that he can be elevated, passing things off, more responsibilities onto that person. That brings me great joy because I'm not in competition with him. Yeah. Right. Like I am right alongside with him. Yeah. I think that's a really good point, man. The whole idea, like you, like you mentioned, like the, the, the older model of masculinity is being the lone wolf. It's being the, you know, the, the bad man, you know, it's being the, the business guy, the, the womanizer. It's the guy that doesn't speak about his, his emotions. It's the guy that is, he's the man of few words. It's the James Bond character, yeah. you know, yeah, it's, the, it's the hero. And he, and he sees every other guy as competition. And I certainly feel like that's, that's what we were talking about at the beginning of this. Like that's how I saw men as in college and as well as high school and in my twenties. And it wasn't until life kind of imploded at 30 years old that I was like, well, and I really went to a Tony Robbins, uh, uh, seminar. And that was the first time I really saw an example of whether you hate love or hate Tony Robbins. If you see him live, I think you, you'll have to agree that the dude is a very congruent individual at this point in his life. And he, he has an amazing way to dance between his masculine and feminine, even though he's a very masculine man, sure. but he can also cry and be extremely, you know, emotional without losing any of his masculinity and vice versa, you know? Yeah. And I was yeah. like that, that's, that's where I aspire to, to become. And I think that to me, again, is the, is the King is a man who, who really lets go of kind of, it's not about not caring. Uh, Cause that kind of sounds like apathy, but it's like, just being so purpose driven, you're clear about your values, you know who you are, you have the circle of friends and the family who who make you greater, and you kind of don't worry about the other shit. And when and when life calls out on you to become a leader, you don't even hesitate. You you run into the fire. That's just who you are, you know? Yeah. Where the younger version of me, I can remember instances where I had my opportunities to to step up and and I cowered. I was I, I pushed out and I had yeah. such shame in that. It's like, why didn't I step up? And the, you know, and that's so much is just in your head. I feel like when you heal this stuff, then you can really truly be uh, in service to others, you know? And like you said, it's, it's the seeing the transformation in your brothers Mm -hmm. around you, especially in younger generations that really gets to be the most fulfilling part of growing older as a man than, you know, getting a new boat or a new car, like whatever, dude, like everyone has that shit. If they really want it, it doesn't, it's not impressive. It's really not, you know? So the new Lamborghini is really like how emotionally intelligent are you as a man, you know, oh, yeah. in my, in my opinion. Oh, 100%. I, like yeah. if, if you're going to sit here and try to brag to me about this brand new truck that you have sitting on these crazy, you know, expensive rims, which I'm going to tell you, like you have a very nice truck, but then I'm going to turn it and look at your wife in the eyes. And I don't see that sparkle because mm. you're an ass mm-hmm. and the person that you became <laughs> is nobody anybody wants to be around then who really is yeah. winning you know yeah yeah 100 yeah, yep yep i i picked up the words uh purpose driven from something that you said before yeah and I'm, I'm trying to capitalize on this because as i talk to a bunch of men even just today i decided to leave all of the work and responsibilities behind and i said i'm gonna go get into a truck with one of my lance corporals you know, and we're going to go take a drive. You know, he had to go do something. And I was like, I kicked one of the corporals out. I said, Hey, I'm going to go with him. I'm just like, Hey man, like, what are your struggles? 
You know, mm-hmm. what, what are some of the things, what do you want to become? Like fill in the blank. I said, I want to become more, but I've done this with, you know, over 50, 60 men here recently. And I'm hearing the words they They will say, I want to become more blank. I want to be known as this. When I look in the mirror, I want to feel this. I want other people to know me as blank. And all of those things just become wishes down the, down the road that you say, I will get there one day when I finally, you know, X, Y, Z, they all just become some just foggy image down the road until you actually develop a vision Mm -hmm. and you actually pursue that vision with purpose. Mm -hmm. Do you find that to be true? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I feel like that's, I mean, that's part of my, my book becoming Kings. It's like the, as it says, the, the modern man's path to becoming, Oh yeah. Being powerful, purpose-driven and fulfilled in a world that has taught you not to be. So Mm -hmm. a big part of being, uh, being powerful, like I said, is, is having the humility to, to talk about your shortcomings and to heal, but then to become purpose-driven, I think is oftentimes taking, you know, your mess and turning into your message as people often say, you know, um, and the things that we are typically most passionate about are our areas of deepest woundings, Mm. (laughs) you know? So, uh, you know, people are like, well, I'm looking for my passion, but you know, like you don't really need to look for it. You just need to, to go into, you know, your mess and that's scary, but that's where you'll find something that really triggers your heart in a good way, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. That's so true. That's so true, man. Like a lot of times you will find your destiny or you'll find the thing that you're supposed to be doing and the very thing you've been trying to shove into the closet and run away from. Mm -hmm. Like I was shoving into the closet this uh, sense of these feelings of anxiety and depression because I knew in myself I wanted to be known as this man who was confident, cool, collected, focused, faithful, but I had all these mental images come to my mind, like watching pornography for a decade does something to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have this beautiful woman, but I can't focus on her because it's just like, I got crazy stuff in there. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I finally went in there and cleaned out that closet, right? Is you're not meant to live with that closet that I finally found like, holy crap, there are men all over that feel like they are the only ones dealing with this. Yeah. And I have been blessed with it, like at least the charisma and the courage to just step up and be like, bro, this is the kind of jacked up stuff that I dealt with. And I bet you probably mm. dealt with it too. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding mm-hmm. a lot of traction there. Cause like you said, man, I did dug into my mess and I think some of us just don't want to get dirty, mm. which brings me to this, uh, this idea uh, I've heard before, you know, never trust a man, um, who's called a knight in shining armor <laughs> because that man hasn't been through shit. Because if your armor is just spick and span, just freaking shining, no dings, like, bro, you are not trustworthy. I'd never trust a man who doesn't walk with a limp. I've also heard mm-hmm. before. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Uh, I think that's true. And yet also, I mean, I think about the, the, the military and you guys are always looking spick and span, you know, and that's yeah. not to say that, uh, it, yes, I, I totally hear what you're saying. And, uh, but I think, I really obviously feel like, uh, we all have our, our demons, right? No one is, uh, is, is getting through unscathed. I feel like the, the price of, of admission to, to life is, is pain. So yeah, a guy that, that shows up looking like he's the white, the knight in shining armor, you kind of be, you gonna, it's going to 
cause you some pause, you know, yeah. I'm like, yeah. okay, what, what do you really got going on underneath all that armor, you know, um, right. versus it being a standard, you know, which I think of more about the military, extremely high standards, which I think is, uh, a lot more powerful. Right. And it's not, uh, trying to put a mask over anything. It's, it's a standard, which I think is a standard of excellence, but, um, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. There's, there's definitely something to be said about, um, men who, and I hear this a lot from women who, who I get in contact with like, Oh, I, I just go out with this guy and all he did was talk about himself, you know, as if he's the, the night shining army, he's the best thing ever. And I, I think it does take a mature man to slow yeah. down and really start investing in who who's on the other side of the, the table, you know, um, yeah. what do they have going on in their heart? You know, um, like I said, look, look to give versus look to get. I think there's a big part of that, that yeah. to me resides in, and men doing their work. Yeah. You know, I guess to put a cap on that one, I heard, uh, heard somebody say before, if you're the center of your story, then your story is way too small. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a good point. Man. Yeah. So Johnny, if, if guys want to just get a hold of you, get in touch with you, um, and just vibe with the, everything that you're doing right now, how can they do that? Where can they go? Easy enough. This is johnnyking.com and they can link to my podcast, my book, uh, you know, masterminds and retreats and events and all the stuff they can definitely, that's, that's the central hub for sure. Johnnyking.com. Gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the Becoming Men podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating. Let me know what you think. Type in some comments in there. All of that helps us get in front of the right men so these men can then go and change their families and their families can go and change their communities, their communities, society, and that's how change happens one man at a time. So guys, again, thank you for joining us. Until next time, continue to march. Thank you.